0: Welcome back to the Changemaker Podcast. I'm your host, Deke Copenhaver. Today, my guest is... My friend Lou Diamond. Lou is an international speaker, motivator, consultant, mentor, and best selling author. He was a top producer for Accenture, Deloitte, Omicom, Merrill Lynch, and Bank of America, leading teams to achieve record revenues year after year. Lou is the CEO and founder of Thrive, a leading consulting and coaching firm focused on making the most incredible leaders, performers, and companies even more amazing. He hosts Thrive Loud, one of the most popular business podcast shows dedicated to inspiring people to reach their peak potential in every facet of their life. Lou, welcome to the show.
1: Welcome to the Changemaker Podcast, hosted by Deke Copenhaver. Deke is the author of The Changemaker, a Forbes publishing book that has reached number one on Amazon on multiple occasions and in multiple categories like management skills and total quality management. During this podcast, Deke interviews exceptional change-making leaders. Deke currently operates Copenhagen Consulting, where he helps local governments and other public organizations maximize their potential. He's also a sought-after public
0: speaker. We hope that the changemaker has an impact on you today and that you find takeaways that make you a better leader in your life. Now, here's Deke.
1: Deke, I get to be on the other side of the microphone
0: after having you (laughs) on my program. This is always fun, a little home and home. Very glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Lou, I was thinking about it this morning. I think your podcast, Thrive Loud, or Authors That Thrive, that you do in partnership with Jane and Bell Meyer, our mutual friend, was the second podcast I ever did, and actually helped inspire me to do my own podcast. So thank you for that.
1: You could either thank me, or um, I should apologize. <laughs> I'm not sure which way. <laughs> it depends on how it looks. But no, it was you. You you have an excellent message platform, and I think uh, you know the world needs more great leaders uh, leading programs like this. So I'm glad that uh, you're now on the. On the stream sphere, as I like to say, as
0: opposed to the airwaves, because it really, who knows where exactly it goes where people can listen. So, well, hopefully it it hits the right mark somewhere. Yes. But I I want to talk to you about this, Lou. So, you were in the corporate world for a number of years, you led teams and everything. But I've always talked about the fact that change making leadership takes making a leap of faith. So, how did you decide to leave the corporate world, make that leap of faith? You're, you're an entrepreneur, you're, you know, executive coach, you're all these things, speaker, you have your own company, Thrive. How, what motivated you to make that choice to take that leap of faith? Uh, I think two factors
1: were, were, were building. One inside of me, which was, I think I had had my fill for the experience and the work that I was doing, working for others. Yeah. And I knew I had something else to share with the world and and help people connect. And And I couldn't, and truth be told, I was trying to figure out how to connect all those pieces together, but I wasn't exactly sure what it was because I don't think it existed. And that yearning and my appetite being filled eventually came to a head where I said, I have to start helping people outside of the sphere I was working in, which was in financial services at the time, and and reach a larger audience. I believe the skills that I can help people master how to connect needed to be shared outside of the world I was doing. And I I believed in it so much. It's what inspired my book, Master the Art of Connecting. It's what led me to basically take that leap and begin uh, the business of Thrive which is helping top businesses and leaders and brands thrive through the power of connecting. And I, I didn't know all of that at the moment that this was happening, but I knew that there was something there. So uh, all of those crossroads came together, but you, uh, your terminology is perfect. There was absolutely a leap of faith because it was leaving a you know, steady paying job and doing something completely entrepreneurial, highly riskier, right? Highly risky. Okay. Uh, but I, I didn't think, looking back at it, I didn't think it was going to be a risk because I believed in how confident I would be able to deliver this message and how important the message I had and the work that I needed to do needed to be shared. So I I think that combination of the passion of recognizing something different, having the appetite filled, and then stepping up and taking that jump to say, let's do it, uh, all came together. And that that started now, it's almost eight years ago, um, which is kind of crazy when I think about it.
0: You know that that's funny. I tell people that you know I was I ran a nonprofit before I became mayor. I'd been a partner in a real estate firm. I was a mayor for nine years. I couldn't imagine. I started a consulting business, but I couldn't imagine having been in those situations going to work for anybody else. <laughs> so that was sort of another leap of faith with me, as was the book. But I, I want to get your take on this. So I was having a conversation with my sister here recently, and she said. You know, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of common sense out there. And I said, I I think that society as a whole, I view it as a bell curve. And in the mainstream media, social media, you know, those platforms, politics, you see the extremes. But what you're doing with your podcast is you're bringing on exceptional leaders and showing. And I've watched your podcast. I've been on your podcast. There's a lot of common sense there. So mm-hmm. I'd love to get your take on that. So the
1: it probably helps your listeners understand why I started Thrive Loud. And when I began the business of Thrive, I recognized that the message of how you connect was not only something that can be taught and mentored, and I helped the businesses do that, but there were so many other people that I wanted people to learn from because their lessons, their common sense needed to be shared. So in the spirit of connecting The podcast was a way for me to connect these people that I had contact with that I wanted the rest of the world to learn their lessons, learn their their message, and really decode what makes individuals thrive. Your comment about there's so many extremes in in the world and uh, maybe nonsensical actions because the bell curve that you just described, I actually think what's real important is we have to start with ourselves. And once yeah. individually we understand exactly our purpose, how we can connect to the world, then we can have a better perspective on how to change groups, have communities change. And it's it always starts from you know, from each individual. It's too much to try and take on larger change without figuring out how to fix yourself. And that's why I created Thrive Loud. There were so many great people that had these incredible messages that people could learn from. So why not pull from those fascinating, thriving individuals, what they do, share that with a huge community so people can use the podcast as a resource, as a way for them to figure out what connects with them. Because not every guest connects with them. Things that you've done yep. or I've done or other guests I've had on the program might not necessarily resonate with one, but, but one might. And that ability for people to find out you know, ways that they can maneuver through their own business, through their own lives, follow their own passions was something Mm -hmm. I was passionate about and wanted to make sure that that message was delivered. And, hey, maybe that will help others change and better connect with themselves so they can start to make a difference in the world.
0: People say in the mainstream media, if it bleeds, it leads. And I had a conference call with a CEO out of Portland this week, and we were talking about politics. And she said, well, negative campaigning does work. And I've always gone with the theory that if you provide people with an alternative, they'll go to it. And I think with podcasts, it seems like people really want to hear a good conversation. And I think yeah. that's why podcasts are exploding. Let's bring it down to a message that I'm starting to, to
1: formulate. And maybe we're front running something that I'm developing that will come out next, uh, early next year. And you have just nailed it. Every connection we make in our lives, a business relationship, a closed business deal, a new friendship, a new personal relationship – if you really drill down, double click and figure out where it all began, it all started with a great conversation. Yep. And the best part about podcasts is not only the guest and the host or the guest and or the multiple guests and host having a conversation about a particular topic and talking about things that people can listen to, but also think about the listeners themselves being a fly on the wall and Hearing great people connect is informative, it's educational. I think many people have also learned that they're audio-based learners, which is a great way to to listen. But it also, one conversation can stimulate another. And hearing about a a podcast and then even telling someone else about it and saying, hey, did you get a chance to listen to D. Copenhaver's program and when they talked about this? That conversation that takes place offline or even recommending it is a conversation in itself. And that's making a connection with another person. So that root of how important conversations are is why podcasts work so well. They've always worked well, by the way, with radio and television. You either just had to record it or (laughs) capture it, you know, capture it at that moment. But podcasts enable you to listen to it when you want to listen to it on your terms. And I think that aspect, and, and by the way, that's not true. That's why streaming television has become so popular. We get to watch content when it makes sense for us. And that's why podcasts work so well, whether it's on a run or a jog or when you wake up in the morning or on your drive home. The the, the format works to please an individual's needs of what they can listen to. That's why it's such a wonderful medium.
0: And it's, it's really getting a message to people where they are. Yeah. As you mentioned, they can listen to it in their car. They can listen to it on a jog. So it's really, it's so accessible. But one thing I've found, and I'd love to get your take on this, is that, really truly good leaders there's no pride of authorship they want to share you know what they've done successfully the failures they've had in order to help yeah. others and i think that's that's a key to what you do with your company with your podcast it's about helping others at the core we have a methodology that we work with at thrive and, and it's it's a
1: methodology that i work with from doing a project with a client to working one-on-one and mentoring another entrepreneur, a special leader, or even a CEO of a company to help them better connect to their team. And it's a four-step process. And it's very important the order in which this takes place. The methodology is listen, think, connect, thrive. I want to start with that first part. What makes listening so important is exactly what you're saying. You're not telling somebody something and what they can do. You're asking them questions, you're asking what works, and then you're absorbing what they have to say. That empathetic nature is what great leaders do. They hear what their clients want, they hear what their people want, they listen to the pulse of the outside world versus them telling people what to do. Because think about it, when you have a collective community of common air things, you can use those different resources from what you hear and put them into what works for you. And that's in that think process. But that first step is the listening. And you're, it's, it's why this, it get mirroring back to this medium. We're listening right now. Uh, and we're listening to what I'm saying and how this might relate to your world and to your business. That's what your listeners are doing. That's what you're doing. And that, way of thinking, is the key to leadership. I think that's flipped on its head over the last 20 or 30 years. I think there was a lot of maybe people telling you what they thought or believing in somebody's expertise. But people didn't see the behind the scenes that great leaders listened first before they told whatever their message would be.
0: You know, it's, it's interesting. I've just gotten into executive coaching, and it was I had not planned on doing that, but a gentleman had read my book and reached out to me and said, um, do you do executive coaching? And I said, well, I, I've done it unofficially. I've never done it in an official capacity. But he said, what would set you apart from others? And you, you know this. You've been in leadership positions. I said, well, I, there are, it seems to me there are a lot of people in the leadership field, whether it's consultants, coaches, or speakers, that have never actually been in a leadership position. And I really feel like you need a peer. And so the way it's shaped out and it goes back to exactly what you just said the first hour I just listen and he <clears throat> he uses me as a sounding board and then the second hour I ask questions but it's just it's that communication and having somebody feel comfortable in opening up to you is is a really good feeling and that that really solidifies that connection I, I was just
1: reading a great article that someone published. um, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Nokia was acquired by Microsoft. And the CEO of Nokia was giving in the press release about the announcement of it. He was sharing, we did everything right, but we still lost. And he was crying. He was emotional. And what was so amazing, and this is applicable to the name of your program, is you can still do everything right, but it's those that change and adapt that make the difference in this world. And, yes. and they didn't change when they needed to. What a lot of people said was they didn't listen to what the market was doing. They didn't listen maybe to what their clients needed. They didn't listen to what their customers wanted. And they might have figured out, well, we're going to do this thing the right way. And we know that this has worked in the past. And this is where we're going to go with it. But it didn't lead them to success. And I think this is so important for the message of what your program is about those that make those that make a difference in the way they lead adapt and change based on the needs of who they're leading or who is helping them to move onward and upward and thrive and i and i think that's such an important piece understanding that perspective is what makes great leaders and i think you, you end up listening a little bit more than you do talking. It's really funny because when I get to sit on this side of the microphone, as opposed to asking the questions, I definitely need more water because I'm talking more, but, <laughs> but I missed, I, I, I'm, I'm truly love being in the seat that you're sitting in and so should your listeners. Cause that's the advantage is that you are sitting in that spot and hearing about ways that you can adapt and take an in input that might change the way you do something, that might change the way you connect with someone, that might change the way you move onward and upward in your life. And it's just a wonderful environment that we, we've we been spoiled with. That's why we loved, how could we have stayed in school for 12 to 13 or 15 years, whatever it was when we were young growing up, because we loved sitting in environment and listening to really good content that would make us grow. And we want to do that throughout the rest of our lives.
0: You know, I believe it was Thomas Dewar that said, "A mind is like a parachute; it works best when it's open." <laughs> and that's the thing about. So, I continually get people asking me if I'm going to run for office again. And one of the things I've said is, "It, it if you start taking the party money, you aren't your own person because you have to take untractable positions to mirror what the par- is important to the party." But I was talking to my niece yesterday, and I said, I'm really excited about the potential for Matthew McConaughey to run for governor of Texas. And I recently read something where Beto O'Rourke said, Well, he's, I, I don't know what his policy positions are. And, you know, to be frank, I don't really care. You know, the guy, the guy inspires people, he's a leader, he's outside the box. And I think people from outside the system, which I was, I'd rather support them than somebody that came up through the system that it is obviously broken. I'm just imagining all the the poster boards that say "All right, all right, all right, all right." <laughs> 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 uh,
1: I, if you think about the hardest part about politics is is something that that you've managed to defy. The reason the extremes work uh, is because it's hard to make people change their opinion. It really is very difficult. Um, and I want to make this clear. It's hard to make the masses change their opinion and change their thoughts. And mm-hmm. un- and unfortunately, you know, the, the reason the world is split in the way that it is, is because it's a little easier to pick a commonality and a common theme and a main direction than to go against the tide. It is easier. It's, it, we know if you you know, go in a canoe and try and paddle upstream. It's really hard. No one said this world was supposed to be easy. Change is hard. And and you may have to paddle upstream, but what I think is important, and you mentioned that word inspiring, those that do inspire others. And all it takes is one spark of inspiration, one idea, one lesson, one action to get others to follow. It's hard to, to make these changes to get us to a place that, you know, makes everybody happy because here's the problem. You can't. You cannot make everybody no. happy. What you can do is we could all try and work together to make changes that will help everybody in the best way they can, as best as you can. Um, that's not going to make everyone happy. And the hardest part is that we th- it, we've been sold a bill of goods for a very long time that the most important values are what makes you happy. We know that isn't the case. Yes. Uh, that's why negative campaigning works. And that's why uh, politics has turned into the world that it's in. I'm not a politician. I, I, I don't ever have any aspirations to to run for office, but I'm a sensible enough person to recognize, getting back to our point about common sense of great ideas, it would be great if we can inject a little bit more common sense into the way we govern, manage, lead. Each person's got to take on that own responsibility for themselves. And then
0: we can start to work as a team to do that better together. Exactly. Well, it's interesting, you know, having come from a political background. So I always focused on making my decisions based on the greater good of the community as a whole. And so I think over time, people realize that everybody got something out of making decisions in that way. You know, you might not benefit on the first decision, but at some point, if you stay fair, everybody's going to benefit. And when I left office, I actually had a 72 percent approval rating, which I think is for a nine year politician. But that just proves to me that governing and making decisions on behalf of the greater good of the com- community and not going to the extremes over time. It works. It's successful. It's successful. But I, I wish that that could be used as a case study for other communities. But it's just the the negativity is so ingrained in the system, and the pandering to the vocal minority is as well. So, which is disappointing. Oh, and, and, and
1: here's a good lesson for everybody. I mean, I don't know if you've done this, but I, I did this specifically around like in election years or on election times. I, I don't watch the television. I don't watch. I try to avoid the the social sphere around those topics. It's not only toxic, um, I'm all about imbuing positive energy into everything that you do. And to me, if I'm focused, if if everybody was focused on the task at hand and what they needed to do each and every day, wow, would we be productive, right? We get distracted by a lot of these devices and our things and and we've never lived in a a world where so much of it is bombarding us every single day. Someone made a point like, you know, think about it, go back 30, 40 years, you know, you'd get the evening news, you'd get an update of what the world was, it was mostly negative, <laughs> it was kind of depressing, and you ran away from it. And eventually, it was whoever screamed louder um, got the attention because it became entertainment, right? You know, even some of the, funny, the best podcasts yeah. or, or radio programs, they get entertainment when you have different opinions and you hear about it. The problem is now with social media and having everyone having a voice wherever they can is that people can re-echo those things. And that's a lot of noise. Yep. No one is going to be able to mute that now. Once you've gotten to that point, what you really need to do is figure out how to direct the message into these positive avenues. And there's a lot of, here's the thing, there's a lot more people in the world doing that. But they don't necessarily exactly. have the budget or the forums to do it. So to bring this full circle, Deke, this is why this podcasting platform is so important. We need as many avenues out there of great content and people sharing positive change, good ideas, ways to help their communities, ways to help their business, their, their, themselves, to do as best as you can to combat the larger <laughs> noises that are out there. And, and that's where it starts. That's the canoe going upstream. And hopefully there'll be a whole bunch of other salmon to follow. Let's just hope there's no bear at the end of the, uh, at the top of the river.
0: Yeah. Well, but that's been the interesting thing to me that, you know, I I love having good conversations. And I I actually love having them in person when I can. And now we're getting back to that a little bit. But the amazing thing for me, and you always see the silver lining, is that through COVID, I was able to connect with like-minded leaders all over the world. And have conversations and do their podcasts. And now I'm bringing them, you included, now I'm bringing you on my podcast. So I agree with you completely. It's just that's not what you're seeing yep. on the 6 o'clock news. But it inspires me about humanity because I'm witnessing great people doing great things. And as you say, I mean, there's, there's, I'm not going to change Washington, you know, but I can mm-hmm. do a podcast like you do that hopefully provides people with hope, we, and educates them on how to have a better business or a better life, or a, so that's that's all you can really do. And I, I've tried to continue to focus on, you know, what I can have an impact on. I'll and even what throw I one more uh, aspect to
1: this, and this is something that we have done now on the Thrive Loud podcast, probably for a little over a year, maybe it's like a year and a half now. And we we wrap up every show with something we call Fun Street, and Fun Street is. Things that we enjoy, that motivate us, that make us feel good, that basically make us thrive. And I'll ask the guest a a litany of questions, you know, from songs they like, movies they like, uh, foods they love to eat, desserts they love to eat, things they love to do more of, things they like to do less of. Things that basically take them to that next level, even maybe where they want to be in the world at that moment. And... There's a there's there's a double reason why I asked this thing. One it's it's to end the the interview in a high note from whatever serious a topic or matter uh, we get to deal with. But it, it, it's also really important listeners need to hear about the good things out there because there's so many bad yep. things out there. And getting back to the power of conversations and I keep stating this if we all made our conversations connect we probably would Improved so many different components to our lives, and that and that requires us really doing a good job of listening, and therefore we have to maybe cater some of that content into things that we want to listen to, and that's why we we do that Fun Street piece. Uh, after the interview ends, I'll hear the guest on the other end say to me, "This was so much fun," <laughs> and I and I say, "Shouldn't every day be?" And that's where that's where I'd love to get to is a place where. We're not feeling upset about where the world is. We have so much potential. We have so much power. We have so much ability and energy that we can share with others that will make others do good things, make the changes they need to do, connect with others to help make more changes and more connections throughout your lives. That's, what I, that's why I keep doing the podcast. And that's what I hope uh, your listeners and other
0: folks get to do as well. Get those really good messages and that positive vibes as much as we can. Well, I'll tell you Lou, I appreciate what you do and once again, you know, when I was looking at doing a podcast, you were one of the first people I talked to. You were so encouraging, so you have a part in what I'm doing and I was inspired by you. So, as we close out, where can people so really simple to you? if you are looking for me anywhere
1: in the internet, what are they called? Interweb, social sites, whatever it is. <laughs> you can go to Thrive Loud. Anywhere, just hit at Thrive Loud on LinkedIn, Instagram, so uh, Facebook, Twitter, all those places, all the same place. And you can go to thriveloud.com. That's T H R I V E L O U D.com. And anywhere you listen to your podcast, you can listen to Thrive Loud with Lou Diamond. And you can find all the other podcast programs that we have as well. Um, and if you really dig deep, you could probably find uh, a great episode where d Cobenhaver was on the program. Uh, so that's where you could find me. And stay tuned. Uh, on ThriveLoud.com, you'll be able to see my original book, Master the Art of Connecting, but there's a new one coming out in uh fall of twenty twenty two.
0: Stay tuned. Sweet. Well, man, thank you for being my guest. Let's continue the Home and Away series. That sounds like a plan. Always we, good to be with we, you. we could do a catch up episode with uh Deke and hear how things
1: are going and you know, hear about uh how much fun it is to get you know, sound checks
0: working, uh, on podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it's, I've realized it's not real easy doing podcasts, but fortunately I have technical support. You're a smarter man than I am. You know, my team is all
1: remote. <laughs> they all work remotely. You're, you at least get to go into a space, which is pretty cool And a
0: nice sound studio there, by the way. Well done. Thanks, man. But we definitely need to get on the golf course together. That, that I'll take you up on, specifically in your Good neighborhood.
1: <laughs> All right. <laughs>
0: Thanks, man. You got it, bud. Well, dropping the mic, and we are out.